1: the Steelers Outpost Podcast, a proud member of Sports Drink Network. It's September 19th, 2021. This is Tom coming to you from the SADA Studios of the Washington, D.C. Outpost. Nick joins me from the Houston Outpost. And we are both here mired in the anger, frustration, and utter ah. despair of a Steeler lost once again to the Raiders 26-17. We are literally <laughs> coming to you seven minutes past game time nick i think you turned it off right before that final uh play by the steelers right, right
0: before deontay johnson the best player on the steelers offense apparently getting injured and it might be serious <laughs> so you know what i kind of thought it would time, get better when i turned it off it got worse when i turned it off
1: it got worse and the thing that we were afraid of came true the injury bug has hit the hit the steelers in spades
0: yeah so I think that the Steelers, I've been saying this all offseason, and I'm, I'm going to double down on it right now. I think they're, they're a much more simple team and a much more simple analysis than people are, are giving them credit for. Number one, people shouldn't have been overly surprised at how good the Steelers' defense was against the Bills. I get being surprised that they, they held them to that low of a score. I, for one, was surprised that they were able to shut them down like that. But football, simple. When you have four all pros on your defense, your defense is going to be good. It, it, it doesn't matter, I think. And then when you add guys like Devin Bush comes back to the team, highly touted first round rookie, you add former pro bowlers like Joe Schobert and Melvin Ingram, and then you have some corners who people might not know about. Like The roster, the talent is just too freaking good, has a lot of continuity, and so that defense is going to be good. I think people didn't know really much about Bud Dupree until the stats started coming, and they didn't know about Highsmith when he was coming in, so people thought there would be this big uh, dip. But long story short, they have unbelievable talent on defense, so they're good defense. So that's simple. Conversely, on offense, the offensive line was terrible last year. I mean, just look at how Alejandro Villanueva is getting lambasted in Baltimore for being one of the worst linemen in the league just one week into the new league year against a a Raiders team who we just saw doesn't exactly have killer pass rushers. They're fine. They're not killer. And that was one of the guys who was starting on the Steelers. So they suck. Then they're bringing in all new players who haven't played together. It's not rocket science. They're not going to be good. Maybe the Steelers' offensive line can get better, so on and so forth. Secondarily, Ben is old. He is in his Bruce Wayne of the Batman Beyond Phase uh, of his career, so he is not like Drew Brees or Ma- or the Manning brothers where their arms disappeared when he got to this age. but unfortunately he's just like any other quarterback where his legs have disappeared a little bit so that when that line breaks down, Ben isn't bad. He's a disaster, as we saw on the awful interception he threw today to nobody when the protection broke down. He scrambled out of the pocket and tried to play the way that he's played for 17 years, which is freestyle. And let me throw it. So your offensive line sucks. You don't have a quarterback who is at the stage where he can carry you past that. Uh, You have a coach who constantly mismanages fourth quarter situations to an impressive extent. To me, it seems like if you're a coach who can't coach in the fourth quarter, that never goes away. It still hasn't gone away for Andy Reid. He's just lucky that uh, Patrick Mahomes has bailed him out a few times. So, yeah, I think it's as simple as that. And then the Steelers lose five starters on defense uh, as a mix of before this game and and during it. And uh, that's just too much for anybody to bear when the offense is going six and out every possession.
1: It's actually pretty amazing how composed you are compared to your early years. Each year I see growth. You're able to handle all this and channel your energy. But if you guys out there are like us and you don't want to channel your energy, we have a place for you to go.
0: You got to go talk about it. You got to go talk about it at Spotify Green Room. It's a free audio only sports talk platform that is easy as hell to use. And frankly, it's quite exciting. You can talk to all kinds of analysts who are saying, I think this, I think that. Well, guess what? You could tell them, no, you're wrong. This is my opinion. Because it's sports time. You can talk to these insiders, athletes, and fans on your own time here. It's perfect for post-game breakdowns and maybe rants after more Raiders losses uh, like this one. Surely there will be more in our future no matter how bad or good the Raiders are. All you got to do is download the Spotify Green Room app for free in the iOS app store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group.
1: Well, let's uh, you step back and gave us sort of a broad overview of the team. What what we had was a defense that was lace is lace with stars and an offense with critical deficiencies. Right, wide receivers and wide receivers aside, critical deficiencies at quarterback and clearly on the offensive line. But let's talk about the lead up to this game and the injuries that we came into this game. One surprise, one right right on the doorstep of the game. Joe Hayden goes out.
0: Yeah. Joe Hayden and Bush going out. Those are injuries that an unbelievably stacked defense like Pittsburgh can withstand, especially when you consider that this was Robert Spillane's revenge game after a horrific preseason where he completely blew it. He had a chance to be a starter and he couldn't get it done. He was awful. He was fantastic at least in spots during this game, and particularly because they weren't able to target him in coverage enough, I guess. And Joe Schobert did a phenomenal job in coverage, I thought, today. Even guy, when guys were catching the ball, he was closing on them right when they got the rock. So you can withstand Bush, although it's not ideal. With Hayden, you got enough guys in the secondary where they can go in and it's not going to be an utter disaster. But then you lose TJ Watt. You already don't have to it. And you lose Alu. That's too much. There is no team that can withstand that. The only way you withstand that is by having a superstar quarterback like this Steelers had him been for about 15 years before the wheels have kind of fallen off a little bit the past few years. Once again, I'm not saying that he's awful, but he's not at the point where he can, he can carry the team. And he might be awful by the end of this year based on the amount of hits he took today. It, it was unexcusable or inexcusable. Um, so, yeah, they had some injuries leading up into the game. And I guess... This game just makes me, me think of two things. One thing, I'll address what you said about my emotional uh, fortitude here after a big loss because I, I don't care anymore. We do not, the not care. The have broken me. We'll get, back, we'll get back to that soon. The other thing is really the NFL is about this. You, just, you need a superstar quarterback. That's it. And if you are lucky enough to get a superstar quarterback with the superstar coach, you're going to compete for Super Bowls, potentially. And once every six years, the salary cap and your drafting will align to give you an awesome full team. Steelers, they, it's never aligned for them. When they had the awesome offense, the defense is bottom five in the league. Now they got the awesome defense, offense is bottom five in the league. So it's unfortunate that way. And then that superstar quarterback... If you had a, a Deshaun Watson running around back there right now, obviously I'm not saying they, they should pick him up, um, but uh, he would be able to overcome some of those offensive line deficiencies because you have some receivers. Now, who knows if none, any of them are reliable outside of Juju, and then uh, Deontay might be going down. This, this is a kiss of death, by the way. If, the, if those injuries are serious for those defensive players and, and, and Deontay's out, don't look for them to beat the, the Bengals next week. Um but uh, yeah, that quarterback just holds you in so many games, and and it's because the rules are so favorable for the quarterbacks and for passing. the The game is designed to feature superstar quarterbacks. Hopefully, the Steelers will be able to stumble their way into one over the next few years. Although I have my doubts, given the fact that they had Mason Rudolph, a quarterback from 1977, with the first round grade on him. So that's the thing, really. What I'm looking—that's what the season makes me think of. Like you, you have all those injuries, you're screwed. It's, it's too hard unless the quarterback makes up for it. What, what do you think, Dad? And this isn't me blaming, blaming Ben. This is just me looking at the NFL and be like, oh, eh, another year. They lost Bush and Dupree last year. They lose Ben the year before. They, use, they lose AB you know the year Whatever. You're always going to lose people.
1: Yeah, it seems like the Steelers have gotten stung inordinately once again, though.
0: Yeah, it is crazy to lose to it and and Hayward, or I mean, uh, and, uh, oh God, don't even say that, knock on wood, lose Watt in the first six quarters of the season. (laughs) It's pretty bad.
1: No, you could have almost predicted it, right? We're all so happy he signed. Yeah. Wasn't the little voice in the back of your head whispering to you, you just didn't want to utter it, that this is just an injury away from being a broken dream?
0: No, no, I didn't think that at all. He's been... Every football player gets injured. He has been incredibly healthy through his career. I think he should be back relatively soon. I feel like they played it really well. He knew it was a groin. He was patting his groin right after he went off the field, clearly being modest. We know he could have patted it a lot lower. But he was running uh, off the field. It's going to be a groin thing. He knew what it was. They said, "Uh uh-uh, we just paid you $4 billion. You are not going back in the game. He said, yep, no, I'm cool with that. And uh, we should be able to beat the Raiders without me, right? Right? No. So I'm not worried about that. I mean, they're, they're going to get injured at some point. But here's my thing with the Steelers. I, I wanted to say this at the top. I do not enjoy watching the Steelers very much, and I have not for the past two going on three years. They are so boring. It is a waste of three hours on the weekends. The, the part that's not a waste is that you and I get to watch them together. I still will always love the black and gold no matter what. It is etched into my DNA, all right? But they are so freaking boring. This year is identical to last year, identical, carbon copy. And yes, I do think they can improve, but if, because like we've said before, the line is so young there's reason to think they'll improve. It's not like you're just rolling Chris Kiamatu out there over and over again and Mike Adams and be like, maybe? No, these guys have at least flashed. There is good reason to believe that the offense could improve a little bit. But... They just can't move the ball at all. When they do, it's just off these screens and guys breaking a couple tackles and maybe it working. And then you just see this amazing defense get worn down to a pulp because the offense can't stay on the field for more than six plays maximum. Even their scoring drives are six plays because the defense gets them the ball at the 40 or something like that. And so, like... Last year, we know what it was, the collapse. It was brutal. It was the worst offense I've ever seen in my entire life, including the Duck offense. And then, oh, yeah, the year before was Duck and Mason for 16 games. They have been a boring watch over the past two and a half years. Well, 2.1 years or whatever it is. And you're just not in an era where you can just have the, the Steelers' super defense carry you to victories all the time. The rules have just changed too much where at least those games were kind of boring, but you got to see the defense dominate. And so that, from that standpoint, it was fun. But uh, I, I think I lost a part of my soul when the Killer B era died, as a lot of uh, listeners to this podcast can probably attest to. I I think I might mention the Killer B era more than uh, any other podcast host out there, but it's for a good reason. There's a lot to compare to there. So that's the reason why I'm not overly affected. I knew this week would look like this. There's no way the Steelers could make noticeable improvements on offense from what they look like in that bills game in, in three practices or whatever it is, right? The hope is that by week eight, they can improve. So I do think just the war of attrition and and losing all those defenders, uh, just made it impossible for a bottom three to five offense in the league to win, which sometimes they can win when you have a team of all pros playing on defense for you.
1: We've seen the, uh, Poor offensive line play before in history, and and see how what a disservice that is to the team. And until and unless they can fix that situation, this is what the season's going to look like. I don't see how you improve. I mean, are are we saying because there'll be the more games they play together, they're going to be able to protect better?
0: Definitely. And and one thing, well, they'll get better, they'll become better as NFL players, number one, for sure. I mean, Ben is way better well, he was way better than his rookie, you're right? The guys get better, and then they haven't played together as a cohesive unit. They'll almost certainly get better as long as they can stay healthy, which is a massive asterisk now.
1: yeah, I that, that seems to make sense. I'm worried about Chooks. I don't think he um, yeah, he, he will be the guy he's the answer. I mean, he is cerifiably horrible yeah, so yeah, he's on year he four. hasn't.
0: But there's, there's, there's other guys on the line, and, and you can gel as a unit in particular. But, look, we said this all offseason. I felt like we have had this uh, ship steered straight, not saying we know everything that was going to happen. I predicted that they would lose to the Bills, but I did predict it would be a close loss, right? I'm just saying, like, we were trying to say all offseason, look, the Steelers are not as bad as the national media and national fan bases want people to say they are. People, they just – they un- the crash last year led to this dislike of the Steelers. Oh, the worst eleven and team ever or whatever. And then but just people don't know who Stefan Tuit is, apparently. I mean, he's not even playing, but like people don't know who Cam Hayward is, a Hall of Fame type player, you know. So that was our point. Was like they have so many all stars. They're gonna be good, but let's be honest, it's gonna take luck for them to win. We said that during training camp. They could be that team, that Giants team or the Steelers teams with Ben that were able to go through the playoffs without having to play the Patriots or when Tom Brady got injured for the whole year. They would have to be the team to be there lurking on the periphery until some quarterback for a number one or two seed gets injured. And they just have to hope that the Steelers stay healthy the whole time. That is the way they can win the Super Bowl It's like if they just hit all the breaks. They just – Hit the complete opposite of all of that in week two, which has proven to be the worst week ever for Steelers fans. This is when Ben got hurt, right? Well, I guess got hurt in week two or three. It was two against the Seahawks, you know, two years ago or whatever it was. So if this Deontay thing is bad, they're in massive trouble. And it just makes me bummed for Deontay and for the Steelers. So they need a lot of breaks to go their way, and it did not go their way.
1: All right, let's try to wrap a bow on this and organize our thoughts a little bit sure. to get through this. And you and I agreed to do this right after the game, so we haven't had time to reflect or watch it again. So just thematically, let's move through the positions. And I, I note that Ben was going downfield a lot more this game.
0: So, yeah, he was going downfield. They still don't use the middle of the field, though. So if anybody wants to blame some of this offense on Matt Canada, that would be my only blame that I would place on him. I have seen a difference. The different types of misdirection, play action under center and then roll out and throw it to a guy, like we didn't see that before. The variety of screens and the variety of formations are slightly improved from the Randy Feetner time. It's just, look, we'll talk about him in the receiver section, but Chase Claypool is allergic to catching downfield passes. Obviously, he caught the one later in the game, but even that, like he bent out. Instead of just running to the ball, the reason why he fell down on that is because the ball's coming to him and he bends outwards. He just has no instinct when the ball is in the air. And like if he just kept, if he just bends inwards, you catch it in your chest and you run for a 70 yard touchdown. So that's frustrating. Ben is what he is. I just, I don't have any more views on him. I feel like we've been nailing it on the head here. I shouldn't say that. It sounds arrogant that I keep saying that about what we're doing, but the pocket broke down. He threw a ridiculous ball directly to the Raiders. The pocket held up. He threw dimes to Deontay and Chase Claypool down the field.
1: But he did have there were enough times where he had time to go downfield. The thing you noticed about not going into the middle of the field, just a little information about that, so Friarmouth and Ebron had a total of six targets between them. And four actually Friarmouth was four for four. Yeah,
0: and Ebron it seems had a nice the way he was perfectly. Prefer- What's that? Ebron had that nice drop early. Ebron know, had a nice drop
1: experience. as, you know, he, he's slowly losing his, maybe yeah. quickly losing his job. And Fryermuth is proving his worth. Yeah. I've seen him in a lot of blocks, whether he makes yes. a solid block or he deflects a guy. He's in, in a lot of plays. So th- that's a positive. The question is why he's not being used more. Don't know. Seems like uh, he's an effective weapon in the middle of the field, as is Juju. So that Juju right. had his usual. Uh, six receptions, only 41 yards, but he had some critical receptions. You already made a note about Claypool. What about Deontay?
0: is the number one receiver. I mean, he's the only player who can make plays consistently at every area of the field. Short, uh, sideline, deep, everything like that. He was awesome. We got to pray to God he's not hurt. I mean, he gets hurt every game, though, right, Dad? Every game, Deontay Johnson goes down. He is so similar to Antonio Brown. In the fact that the, the route, uh, like the route running is unbelievable and he's shifty and he can um, box guys out on deep go routes. I mean, look, Deontay's 170 pounds soaking wet and he boxes people out better on deep routes than Chase Claypool does. Like, that's my frustration. Somebody had tweeted, like, how do you expect Chase Claypool to catch that pass in the end zone? The defensive back played it perfectly. You are six four, and you have a 40-inch vertical leap. There are no defensive backs who can play it perfectly if you jump and catch the ball and box the guy out. the rules prevent the defensive back from playing it perfectly. The rules are set up so you can jump over him and grab it. And Deontay doesn't have any problem doing that. So that should be all your evidence. Just the difference between A.B. and Deontay besides, obviously, you know, A.B.'s just got the legendary athlete X factors. A.B.'s thicker, stronger, more muscular – And so he can take a little bit more of a beating and deliver one in terms of boxing people out. And obviously AB never drops the ball. So, but otherwise they, they do have a ton of similarities. I wanted to say something. I feel like I I can't believe we forgot to say this at the beginning, just before we get back to our uh, positions, Mike Tomlin, eight minutes left in the game. You're down by nine points. It's fourth and one. Yeah. It's in your territory. You've already burned one of your timeouts because you guys have no idea how to manage a game. And you freaking punt it again. What was the game last year, Dad, where they do that? I mean, did they do that against the Patriots at one point? I mean, obviously, there was a really big example last year that I seem to be blanking on. But the uh, tweet, Tomlin living in his fears again, is starting to become cliche for a good reason. He plays so scared in the fourth quarter. And he will never change. Because if you tell him he plays scared, he says, I don't play scared. I, I have confidence in my defense. You played scared. You drafted Najee Harris, a running back, in the first round, when clearly we can all admit that you should have drafted a lineman. No offense to, like, Najee's awesome. He's getting swallowed up by three people the second he touches the ball the same way that every single person in the, nat- in the country of America predicted. Everybody knew this was going to happen, right? You were so arrogant that you decided to take him anyways. And, like, you were not going to give them the damn ball on fourth and one with eight minutes left. with You only have two timeouts and you're down by nine. How are you – that's mismanaging the game. So, once again, it's just the same story in Pittsburgh for the past three years. And I do think it's just going to keep happening until – you know, they find the new the, the new quarterback who can just elevate the rest of the team. I don't mean to be such a downer because clearly you mentioned Fryermouth. The young talent is so exciting on the team. And they could definitely transition to a next phase. Dotson on the line with Kendrick Green who's getting into fights left and right. Love to see it more. There is a lot of potential for the next era of Steelers football. And we're just in this weird little in-between time and you're just going to keep seeing Tomlin mismanage games in the fourth quarter as a result of it.
1: What would you have said if he would have gone for it and not gotten it?
0: That you're, yeah, you, you already lost the game. You're not going to win the game by punting here. So it, it, there's nothing to be said there
1: the question is was it a confidence in the defense or just a abject lack of confidence in his offense who really showed many sides of not be able to make that extra that how many yards was it one one yard it
0: was one yard they i mean they've only come, they've gone for third and fourth and one a couple times in the bills game and they got them all you know and the defense have been getting at that time Derek Carr was like 10 for – he had completed 10 passes in a row for like 100 yards. We hadn't stopped them in the second half. And, yeah, I said we. Don't don't take sports so seriously. Oh, you should say they. I'm a journalist. You're a nerd, all right? You're a nerd. Shut up. We watch the Steelers every single weekend. We hadn't stopped them for, you know, over a quarter. So it just situationally, it didn't even make sense. It it is infuriating. And I guess this is good. I'm worked back up again. I am angry. I'm not out. I'm back in, everybody.
1: Let's, so we're going to tighten it up here. I want to move to rushing the ball. And before we talk about Najee, how about Juju's touchdown run?
0: A little Juju, creativity there? I think I feel so bad for, yes, like the creativity. Very nice. I feel so bad for Juju Smith-Schuster and Najee Harris because the Steelers are basically told him at the beginning of the year, look, <laughs> you guys are just going to get the crap knocked out of you about seven times a game. Juju, you're running all drag routes, and Ben will throw you the ball with five people around you, and you will be decapitated. But we just kind of expect you to do that, right? Should have gone to Kansas City when he had the chance. But, uh, yeah, Juju's the freaking man. It, again, another travesty. This The most Steelers player besides TJ Watt that we've had since Harrison and, and, and you know, uh, who's the other guy, Troy Palmolow. And the and Steelers Nation doesn't love him. He is out there trucking people. He's running for touchdowns, and that's the job they make him do. He could be on another team right now, running dig routes, making twenty yard catches, scoring touchdowns, and the Steelers just use him as a glorified running back. It's it's so frustrating.
1: So Najee Harris did show up this game. He managed thirty eight yards on ten carries, along of fourteen
0: beautiful from touchdown a
1: receiving. Yeah, from a receiving standpoint, he had forty-three years along of twenty-five. So this is oh and he trucked that that one. Oh this we, we were comparing that to Vance McDonald. Vance McDonald's trucking of
0: a- Dad always wants to call him Heath. Dad is a you are the perfect Yinzer. Perfect Yinzer. <laughs> so does the <laughs> Just
1: like Heath did to Conti. Come back, yeah. Heath. <laughs> not only did he not only did he shove him he shoved him twice and then shoved him awesome. to the ground and then stepped on him like a welcome mat and kept going huge that's game what for he's non-liging. capable of
0: yes exactly and by the way like how many times dad do we see him catch a ball one yard past the line of scrimmage and the in the fourth quarter surrounded by three guys and people are just diving at his back and just breaking his back and i told you during the game he gets hit in the back he gets speared so often every game and cause Ben's getting them laid out and it's not all Ben's fault because Ben doesn't have any time to throw the damn ball because the line can't block because the the front office didn't want to give them any first round help and you know, whatever. But I just see Najee get up immediately from those hits. And it just makes me so sad having watched Le'Veon Bell's career and being like, I know there's only a limited number of times that you will be able to get up like that. And we're just, you know, we're, two games into the guy's career. So I don't want to overreact. Obviously, I'm overreacting a little bit right now because we are recording this right after the game. And like I said, if they can transition, maybe not next year, maybe the next year after that or the following year, they could have a really great team. I mean, they have a good team right now. It's just, you know, I'm pins and needles. But Najee, this was such a big game for him. As we said in the preseason, as I pat myself on the back one more time, I need to tear myself down for some of this stuff. I'm sure that'll happen later in the season. But we said it's going to look like Bell's rookie year. It's going to be 3.5 yards a carry, but a lot of critical plays and hopefully touchdowns and things where he breaks tackles. He was much better this week uh, than he was in his first NFL game last week. He broke tackles. He had that great touchdown catch and run. And just heroic in the fourth quarter with all those three-yard catches where he had to break four tackles just to get three yards.
1: Although the defense was banged up to a large extent more than uh, the offense, they did hold Las Vegas to 52 yards rushing. That was about 30 yards rushing until that last drive where they were just sort of killing the clock. Yeah. So they were able to prevent that. Derek Carr had 373 net yards passing, though.
0: Yeah, you know what? First off, Derek Carr has been crushing it the first two weeks of the season. I I feel good for guys like that who just get killed by the national media when it's like, hey, you have no good players around you whatsoever. You suck. Man, look what Tom Brady's doing there with an all-pro player at every single position on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. How does he do that? Who possibly could play behind this offensive line that gives you seven seconds to pass? And imagine this. He has to throw to five Unbelievable wide receivers. <laughs> Once again, not taking anything away from Tom Brady. He's freaking killing it right now. But just we got to put this in perspective. Derek Carr had Amari Cooper for one year when Amari was good. And what did he do? He almost got an MVP. I'm not saying that Derek Carr is, is up there with Russell Wilson and those type of guys, but he is a really good quarterback. And I think what happened is the Steelers war of attrition. It was just too much. You just you don't have TJ, you don't have all these guys. And then Gruden cracked the code and did and on the Steelers zone defense. So it looked like so many other Steelers games we've seen before where he's just throwing that guys for five yards, six yards, and then the, the seam routes down the middle. It's, we've said this story since the podcast has been started however many years ago, right? And so he was very conservative and just took what the defense gave him. And then when it came time to make big plays, he was the complete opposite of conservative and he threw freaking dimes. That 61 yard touchdown catch, touchdown pass to Henry Ruggs. You and I were talking about it. It's hard for me to get that mad about it. The Steelers have been so good about not allowing big plays like that over the last three years, especially the fact that it came on Minka Fitzpatrick. But look, Henry Ruggs runs 4 2, man. That was a beautiful ball that they threw to him in a situation where you don't expect them to go for a 60 yard touchdown. I'm not giving the Steelers a total excuse, but I am just saying what a throw by car, great route by rugs. And then to seal the game uh, on the teardrop throw to Darren Waller, who was being covered by Joe Schobert. Sh- Look, Darren Waller, most corners can't cover Waller. It, it, it just kind of is what it is. So to me, Carr's game was a result of the war of attrition being lost with the Steelers injuries. They would have won the game. In my opinion, if they had not had all the injuries because the, the Raiders weren't exactly doing whatever they wanted in the first half. I think the Steelers defense just wore down.
1: You know what we were talking about before the season started a uh, solution to the Steelers quarterback problem. Isn't trying to get a top, Ten quarterback, that's going to be really tough, right? It, it, yeah. Going the way they have been, it's it's getting a veteran. Derek Carr would be a guy I would consider.
0: He's not going to be available after the way he's playing this year. But yeah, you're right, that's cheap. the kind of guy, you know.
1: He's cheap. He's a twenty-five million dollar a year guy,
0: right? But he's staying in Oakland if he keeps playing like this for sure. But hey, Aaron Rodgers is out there. As much as Steelers fans for some reason hate him, you know Russell Wilson might be available. These are legit options. And and look, this is the NFL now. It's not that crazy and. I don't I don't even want to say, like, oh, I hate to say that about my guy, Ben. Like, they all retire. It doesn't take away from my love of Ben or from Ben's legacy. He's older now. Drew Brees sucked last year. Does that mean Drew Brees sucked overall? No, of course not. Every, everybody gets old eventually, and, you know, it is what it is. But you're right. Derek Carr is, is one of those type of guys who it's like, what if you don't get Russell Wilson? Well... If you have all pros all over your defense like the Steelers do and some of these receivers and Najee Harris and this offensive line comes along, then a guy like Derek Carr, you're right. That kind of quarterback could be extremely attractive.
1: If we give the Steelers a pass or just set our expectations for covering the middle of the field low, as we usually do, I want to just point out a couple. Like Bob Spokane had a game, right? He stepped (laughs) up. He had, as you pointed out, horrible preseason, didn't dress last week came in obviously had to come in and back hurt up so hip. he
0: yeah.
1: he yeah he hurt yeah it was in, wasn't in bench, warm-ups yeah. i think right so he and Schobert shared uh, shared the lead for tackles cam hayward was his normal yeah, normal self i mean himself. he just I, what surprises awesome. me about him is when he does those stunts oh, yeah. <laughs> and rolls he doesn't need to yeah, Maybe he moves. just got tired of pushing guys backwards seven yards.
0: Yeah, he's like, I'm going to hit him with the spin Okay, let me just go back to the bread and butter. Let me just knock this guy into, you know, back in his mother's birth canal here.
1: So TJ, after – when did he come out of the game? Second quarter?
0: Second quarter. He pretty much got into the game and got a strip sack and then another sack. He's like, all right, I'm right, out. Right,
1: which Cam almost pulled in. And Melvin Ingram also had a sack. So it was sort Phenomenal. of a light day for the Steelers, actually. Yeah. And no no turnover. So that's a big sign of the uh, sign of the, that's where the results come from. Trey Norwood exactly. had his day Ugh. last week.
0: Yeah. <laughs> they picked on
1: him. Derek Carr, you know, Ooh. it might have been John Gruden who figured it out, but I think Derek Carr said,
0: oh. Yeah, Carr too. What is it? Yeah, what's the number? 21, right? 21, uh, right. 21's yeah. out there. Yeah, Chris Carter, uh, Christopher Carter, the Steelers reporter, had a tweet. Uh, at one point during the game, second or third quarter, he said uh, Derek Carr has gone at Trey Norwood the past three third downs in a row. And they're two for three on those. So, hey, that's all right, though. He, he's got, what is he, like a seventh-round rookie? I mean, he's going to take some lumps. So he, he's in there. And then there was another play when Chris Carter tweeted that. Uh, Carr was about to go at Norwood's guy again. And Cam Hayward knocked it down. But Norwood made a nice break on the ball. So I think that he might have made it up for there. And then maybe he would have been two for four. But, yeah, you're right. His day was last week. It wasn't this week. He wasn't ready for the big time quite quite at this moment.
1: One part that did stand out in a positive way were the special teams. Ray-Ray McLeod had four kickoff returns for average of 23. Again, I would never bring the ball out of the end zone. Never bring the ball. He had a long return of twenty-eight. We right. do not get it back to the twenty-five. Kneel the ball down. But he had two punt returns for twenty-one yards. Uh, that long one, uh, he got fifteen on. Yeah. And Presley Halvin the third.
0: Yeah, much
1: better. Showed games. his preseason acumen with that long punt of fifty-nine inside the ten.
0: Very right? nice punt. Was it
1: at the two? And we yeah. promptly let them out with a what was that? He just tossed it. They just threw had a it to, to where the TJ back, yeah. Watt
0: usually would be, and we would have been yeah. all right. But and then the longest field goal in Heinz field history, Chris Boswell at the 56 yard, that would have been good from 63. I mean, that thing was beauty. And Dad, we were talking at that time. The Steelers were mounting a comeback, and you knew no matter how horrible this offense has been, Ben's gonna give him a chance here. This is where Ben goes, just he blacks out and he gets possessed by the spirit of evil Ben which is just, just, I just want to wanna make guys lose their jobs on defense. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to sling it. And he just threw screen pass after screen pass, and it worked out. Um, it was Brady-esque on the two-minute drill. I, I mean that seriously. Like, they were given so much room on those screens. You just hit him free eight yards, get out of bounds. Hit him free eight yards, get out of bounds, took a deep shot. Um, and I remember, you know, it's fourth and ten, so that makes it a little bit easier than if it was fourth and two or three. But I just remember thinking, like, all right, they're down by nine or whatever it is. I do trust, you You need to treat your kicker like a star sometimes when he is a star player. I do trust Chris Boswell more in this situation than I do, you know, an offense picking up a fourth and 10 or a defense who had been pushed around at that point in the game. Uh, I didn't have faith in them getting the stop. So I'm glad that they went with Chris Boswell there. I did think that was the right move in a fourth quarter that was mismanaged by Mike Tomlin. And it was nice to see that. And... You and I are never going to be the same with Boswell, right? Can somebody tweet at us? Like, how do you guys feel when Boswell goes up? He's the best kicker I've ever seen besides Justin Tucker. But that one year, it was so scary. And it really does seem like it was just injury related. He's becoming one of my favorite Steelers ever, though. He's just, he's so low key. His facial expression never changes. He's smooth. He looks good out there. He did a great job with that kick.
1: No TikTok videos, no YouTube. Those <laughs> kicks are going straight in between the uprights to give you. You're right. I mean, I still have PTSD. I'm not going to lose that, but you do don't. Uh, you do have yeah. confidence in going yeah, after I the think 56. I'm over had me a little nervous. Joking. You know about the? They talk about that that stadium just being so hard to kick in. Oh, I don't yeah. know the truth. Was he kicking in the close side if, of the stadium? Yeah, I don't
0: know. Yeah, I'm sure that'll come out tomorrow, but. That was a Justin Tucker kick. Perfect rotation, almost right down the middle, super high. That was a nice play by him. And you're right, Presley Harvin, much better game. Um, Ray-Ray McLeod, before the first kickoff of the game, I'm talking to the game, I'm talking to the TV like any good fan does, and I said, all right, Ray-Ray, can you hear me? Obi-Wan Kenobi style. Uh, It's time to get back on the horse, man. It's been downhill ever since the first half of last year. Don't try to do too much. Let it come to you, I said, Ray Ray. I'm, I'm sitting there like, man, what a coach. What a coach. Nick knows exactly what to say here. <laughs> Dum, dumb, talking to the TV. But I actually was thinking that, like, he just needs to let some things come to him more. You remember when one of my original favorite players ever, Antoine Randall, was just murdering on kickoff and punt returns. And then after he scored a couple touchdowns, he started doing the east-west thing. Every time he got the ball, he started taking a step backwards or trying to reverse the field, this and that. And then it just kinda it never really came back for him. I think that Ray Ray McLeod got into a little bit of that last year, trying to score touchdowns. And I thought on the returns this week, he was way more decisive. Just like, let me just get up at the sideline. I do see there's a giant crowd of people up there twenty six yards ahead, but I'm gonna get this twenty-five yard, you know, I'm gonna get the most out of this yardage. I'm gonna get past the twenty-five yard line or I'm gonna, you know, get 15 yards on this punt return i'm not gonna worry about scoring and i thought he was much more effective that way and he just has such a beautiful natural feel on the punt return and kick return game that the touchdown will come i just prefer what he did last year in the beginning where it's like 30 yard return after 30 yard return than worrying about some home run
1: look i don't want you to be talking to your television if i'm not there there's a place where you can go to talk to other fans
0: And that's Spotify Greenroom. It's a free audio-only sports talk app that's easy as hell to use. You can talk to athletes themselves. Insiders are cruising around on there thinking, man, maybe somebody's playing a Call of Duty with some NFL player. And in the background, the NFL player's lady is going to say something about him getting, you know, traded to the Steelers or whatever. This is where I got to be on Spotify Greenroom because that's where the action goes down. All you need to do is... Go to the iOS app store, download the app, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group.
1: One thing I'm going to commend to the listening audience is in uh, one of the press conferences with Bill Belichick. And I think I mentioned, I read his autobiography. I'm a fan. I mean, this guy is such a student of the game. He spent, I guess they counted, 1,500 words explaining the evolution of the long snapper. (laughs) <laughs> one, of the, one of the reporters asked him, is a long snapper so important that you need to devote an entire position on a 53-man roster to them? And Belichick gave a very thoughtful, interesting response. So I'll put that in the show notes if you're you're interested. I think it's at uh, one of the Patriots' press conferences. Interesting.
0: The special teams is one of the reasons why the Patriots had their dynasty. It's it just so reliable. And like we said, Pat McAfee a couple of weeks ago turned me on to the fact that the long snapper is actually more responsible for getting the laces out than the holder is. It's going to happen where the holder is going to have to spin it here or there. But you need that to be so automatic where this guy hits every snap for an entire season so that when your Chris Boswell can come out and hit 56-yard field goals in the fourth quarter and it lets him be who he is. It lets Percy – Percy Harvin, Presley Harvin, be who he is on the punt team. Yeah, I can see why it's so critical. It's fun to joke about, and we always will, and we always should, because these long snappers have no swag. Their jerseys don't fit. You know, he, I, If I'm a long snapper, I'm doing biceps twice a day. I mean, I think that's where the discrepancy is. The arms look a little skinny. Even if they're strong, like if you saw him in person, you're like, damn, that guy's yoked. No, no, no. You need to be NFL biceps, right? And so I'm, if I'm out there, I'm tatted up, actually, now that I think about that. you got to decorate the arms a little bit more, and we're going to continue making fun of you, but that's just because we love you, long snappers. You're doing a great job. Keep doing what you do. Bill Belichick, it's good enough for him. It's good enough for me.
1: Cincinnati Bengals drop one to Chicago 20-17, to 17, and we will face them next Sunday.
0: Yes, we will, as a fan base and as a team. And no matter what happens, no matter how unbelievably boring these Steelers games are to watch we will be watching them and we will be emotionally invested and we will take out our emotions on the podcast right after it's done I do feel a little bit better uh, part of my soul died the day Chris Boswell slipped on that game winning kick against the Raiders a few years ago and I think that that's where it all changed for me I feel better uh, now after we've let some of this out after the game dad and I think uh And I'm not thinking so much about the Super Bowl right now as I'm thinking about uh, analyzing the Steelers' team. And who knows what they could do this season. I know that they got some bright stuff going forward. They're going to need to find some defensive linemen once Cam gets too old here. But uh, that was absolute bull crap and a piece of garbage to watch. The NFL should pay us back our money for watching that game.
1: All right, everybody. Don't let it sit there and gnaw your insides in and out. Look at the green room. Hit us up on Twitter at Steelers Outpost. Shoot us an email at SteelersOutpost at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Until next week, go Steelers.
0: Okay, bye-bye. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. And support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall.
0: Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash
1: to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's
0: sleepingdogsmovie.com slash
1: Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you.